Well, today we continue this series of messages that uh, we've been entitled Encounters with Christ. We're looking at different stories from the Gospels uh, where Jesus encounters other people. Sometimes they come to him, sometimes he seeks them out. Uh, today we're looking at this great story that's often referred to as Jesus calling the first disciples. It's a, a beautiful story. So let me read it and then uh, we'll pray together. So Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, listen to the word of God. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you said so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full, they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. God, we thank you for this beautiful story, and we pray that you would take this old story, this event, and speak into our lives. God, may our hearts, may our minds, may our ears be open to your word this morning, and may they not just be information but Lord, may you use them to transform us and bring us closer to you and to experience more fully the life that you have for us. For we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever been surprised by something? By someone? By some event? Well, of course you have. We all have been surprised by things that happen into, in our lives. We go to some place not expecting a, a whole lot, and all of a sudden we realize, wow, this is beautiful, much more beautiful than I thought. We meet someone, and we're not so impressed at first and don't think much of it, and then later they become our very best friend. Sometimes we have things happen in our lives that change our lives a little bit, 
The Shimstead family just recently got a puppy, a golden retriever puppy. That is the definition of cuteness. I've been surprised on a number of fronts by this little furry thing. Number one, I'm surprised at how much work this little dog <laughs> is causing for my wife and my daughter and myself. Today we ordered a child gates to protect him from going down the stairs. And I thought, wow, this is bringing back memories. Little did I know I'd be raising a child again. We've never had a puppy, so I didn't know. Then we're also surprised by how much he makes us laugh. Oh my gosh, we're laughing all the time. And finally, I'm surprised, and I think my wife and my daughter are as well, by how this little guy has grabbed our hearts. <laughs> I love this little dog. In two weeks, he's grabbed my heart. Sometimes we experience events in life that change us even more. One morning when I was about 29, 30 years old, I got up and I was taking my youth staff. I was a youth pastor at the time. We were going to a Presbyterian of San Francisco event, a training event for youth workers. And I thought, oh, this will just be a regular training event. We'll have a good time. My workers, my volunteers will learn some things. I'll meet some people. Uh, see some old friends, and they had a little icebreaker. People bingo. You know people bingo? It's like people, like a bingo sheet, and you have to find people to match the boxes. And I run into this young woman who ends up being my wife. Three months later, we were engaged. Nine months later, we were married. Little did I know that day when I got up, that that's what would happen that day. Peter and the other disciples? I think they are surprised by the events that unfolded that day next to the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret. They're caught by surprise, I believe. Totally, don't you think? He didn't expect to hear the words of Jesus that day. Now, I, sometimes we see stories like this and we think, wow, that's, he heard Jesus once and left everything. I think Peter had heard Jesus before this. Probably taught, heard him teaching, maybe a number of times. But he goes and he sees Jesus next to where he is fishing. And he's gone fishing hundreds of times. Gotten up early four, three, four o'clock in the morning to go fishing. But boy, did he not have any idea how that day was going to change his life. Do you think? This day was going to completely turn his life upside down and set the direction of his life for the rest of his years. You know, sometimes we hear stories like this so many times that we are not struck by how dramatic they are. This is a life-changing event. And you know what? This is what happens when Jesus grabs a life. Jesus can turn a life upside down, get it moving in a, a direction that that never, person never considered before. It's surprising. 
He was caught by surprise. Now, sometimes I think we also read these stories and we think, well, this doesn't happen anymore today. This is when Jesus walked on earth, but Jesus doesn't call people like this today. Let me tell you, that's not true. Happens all the time. And even that's surprising, isn't it? That this preacher, this penniless preacher, people are still responding to his call today, 2,000 years later, and that thousands and millions of people around the world are worshiping this Jesus today? Surprising. Things like this still happen in the 21st century. Jesus still calls people to himself and people still respond and sometimes their lives are set in a new direction. I have to say that uh, this is one of the mysteries of the Christian faith, I believe. You know, I've been doing this church business for a long time. Over, I think it's getting close to 40 years. And I've seen many, many, many people caught by surprise respond to the call of Jesus upon their lives. And though they may not be as quite as dramatic as what we read today, wow, their lives are transformed. They're changed. Sometimes the whole course of their lives are changed because Jesus has called them. You know, I can say that because that's me. You know, you don't know my story, but I was not raised in the church. I had only been in a church a few times before junior high school. Once was to be baptized in the Greek Orthodox Church, and that was it. Raised by a single mom, she didn't really, I don't think, have the energy to get three kids up to go to bed, or go to bed, go to church. But my brother, my older brother, for some reason, started going to church with a friend of his, and he threatened bodily harm unless I went with him, so I went with him. And even as this little seventh grader who had no experience of the Christian faith at all, really, I mean, I kind of knew God was important, but didn't know anything about Jesus, had been in church a few times, once for a funeral, maybe one or two other times. Becoming a Christian, becoming a follower of Jesus, it was not even on my radar. I mean, it, it wasn't really, I didn't really have negative feelings. I just didn't even think about it. I was just living my life. And I go to this church. And I started listening to the sermons. And fortunately, the, the pastor at this church was an amazing communicator. So even as a seventh grader sitting on pews just like these, pretty much, I started listening. And the message was compelling. And I kept going. And I kept going. And I remember I was on a youth retreat and our youth pastor said, you know, when you decide to become a follower of Christ, if you decide to become a follower of Christ, it will be the biggest decision you ever make in your life. And I thought, oh yeah, sure. Little did I know, right? Changed the direction of my life. 
And not just because I'm a pastor, although that's pretty big. <laughs> Influence who I married. Influence my priorities. As, as Don said, you know, when Jesus calls us, he calls us to himself, but he also calls all of us to a life of justice, a life of mercy, a life of love, a life in community. I don't know if I would have had any of those things. And then Jesus calls us to something specific. But there I was at this church, and little did I know that God was going to grab me. And now I look back, and I often thought I was seeking God, but I really wasn't. You know, I think of the parable of the lost sheep and the shepherds searching and searching and searching. God finds us and pulls us to himself. So surprising. Now, some of you had had similar experiences. Some of you, different. You know, God calls us in different ways. Some of us have been raised in the church and our understanding of who Christ is and what Christ is calling us to do in our lives. It, it's more incremental. It's smaller steps. It's a process that's extended over time. For me, it was, man, in the space of a couple months, I know God called it. You know what strikes me about this story is I love how it begins. The people were crowding around, listening to Jesus, pressing in upon him, pressing in so much that he had to get in a boat. And I love how he sat down and taught. You know, that's how it was then. The teacher would sit down and the people would stand. I think we should bring that back personally. <laughs> but they were hungry. There was something, and as we go through this series, one of the purposes of this series is to look at this person Jesus, who we've claimed to follow. What was he like? What was his message? What did he teach? How did he treat people? Well, here you can see Jesus must have been such a compelling character, right? With such a message that people gathered around and listened. I think the message is still compelling today. And we listen to hear about the decline of the church and all the rest. And I think there's all kinds of reasons for that. But let me tell you, the message, the good news, the gospel of hope and of God's love reaching inside of us and grabbing us and changing us and giving us new life, this message of, of justice for the world, it, it's a compelling message. It's a big message. It still grabs people today. My guess is that some of you today are even surprised that you're sitting in this old church that looks like an antique, sitting on hard benches, listening to some crazy pastor. And you may be asking yourself, how did I get here? What happened to those good old Sunday mornings when I used to sit at home and drink coffee and read the New York Times? And yet you're here because God begins to stir our hearts and call us to himself. And I've had conversations over the years with so many people who are surprised, surprised by the message, 
surprised by the presence of God in the 21st century in our lives, surprised at the difference that Jesus Christ can make in our lives today. You know, it, when I was in Chico, I, I, our church was fairly large and it's a small town, and so there were a lot of people who knew me and I didn't know them. People who would come and see me preach and go out before I could meet them. And one day I walked into a bank and I actually had to talk to a person instead of going to the ATM. So I went up to the window. There was no one else in the bank and there was this young woman in her early 20s and I walked up to the windows and she had this big smile on her face and she said, I know who you are. You're Pastor Steve. And then her her, the other teller, which was a couple, who was a couple windows down, came down to join her. Also, young, 20-something, very excited. And they said, you know, we've been coming to your church. We have not been raised in the church, but we've been coming to your church. And you know what? And these were the words. It's surprising. I'm actually enjoying it. She said, you know, I would even say it's almost fun. And then I remember her saying this, and I'm surprised by the difference that it's making in my life. Jesus surprises us today, still. Jesus surprised Peter. Wow. Surprised him by calling him to himself, but also calling him to do something. You know, first he says, Peter, go out, go out in the water again. Peter must have thought, oh, what am I doing this for? I'm an experienced fisherman. I've fished this water so many times. I know what's going on. It's too late to, to fish. They catch fish early in the morning. But he said, because you said so, Master. And see, that's a clue to me that he's been listening to Jesus before. But because you said so, I'll go out and do it. And what happens? He gets this huge catch of fish. Surprised by that. Surprised by the last words of Jesus. Peter, don't be afraid. Remember last week I said, most common command in Scripture. Here we see it. Jesus sensed Peter through this encounter. Something was going on. Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, Peter, you will fish for people. Peter must have just been shocked. Astonished. What do you mean? I'm a fisherman. Wow, and look what happens to Peter. You know, later in the book of Acts, we see this amazing leader. Here is this uneducated, kind of impetuous, impulsive fisherman who leads the church and is leading hundreds of people and preaching in front of crowds of people, turns the world upside down. Really? Jesus said, upon you, Peter, I will build my church. Surprising what Jesus asks us to do sometimes. You know, this is my story too. I 
I'm still surprised by the God, that, the call that God has placed upon my life. I remember when I was a sophomore in college at UCSB and my roommate and I were talking, he was sure he was going to get his PhD in theology and religious studies, and he's done it. He's a professor at Swarthmore, one of the leading environmental theologians in the country, <laughs> green theologian. And he said, Steve, have you ever thought about seminary? I just laughed. <laughs> If God wants me to go to seminary and be a pastor, he'll have to hit me over the head with a sledgehammer. Did not think I'd be doing this. And part of it was I was afraid. Afraid of the responsibility. I thought pastors had to be perfect. I knew I wasn't perfect. Part of it was I didn't like to speak in front of people. That's kind of a problem when you have to be a pastor. Even when I was through the seminary, my first sermons in Burlingame as a called associate pastor, oh, I'd get so nervous, I'd get sick, literally. I won't go into the details. But I felt God calling me. And I had people in my life saying, Steve, you have gifts for ministry. You should do this. And you know, in the Old Testament, when God calls a prophet, there's this thing that always happens. God calls the prophet, Jeremiah, I'm calling you to, to lead your people. Jeremiah said what? Oh, I'm only a youth. No one's going to listen to me. Fear. Inadequacy. Moses. God says to Moses, lead my people. God, I, I, I am not eloquent. I can't do this becomes the towering figure of the Old Testament. Always, God calls, we feel inadequate, fearful, and God does something. Man, the things that Jesus calls us to do sometimes don't make a lot of sense. He calls us to love people we may not like. He calls us to pray. He calls us to give our money away. He calls us to care for the poor. He calls us to give our lives away instead of holding on to them. And all of these things sometimes don't make a lot of sense. But here's another surprise of the call of Jesus and the Christian life. When we do the things that Jesus calls us to do, our lives become deeper. We experience more of the abundant life that God calls us to live. Our lives get more purpose, more joy. Even though we do these things that seem crazy. Most of you know C.S. Lewis. He was a professor of medieval and Renaissance literature at Cambridge University, intellectual giant, and ended up writing all these books that are just quoted by pastors all the time. It's considered to be some of the one of the greatest Christian writers and thinkers of the 20th century. And what maybe you don't know is that for most of his life, he was an atheist. And didn't convert to Christianity until later on in life, until he was 33 years old. Primarily through a friendship with J.R.R. Tolkien, who was a Christian, and loved him, and talked to him. And Lewis, in his autobiography, 
said, you know, I got on a motorcycle one day and I went for a ride. And when I left, I wasn't a Christian. When I came back, I was. (laughs) And do you know what his autobiography, what the title is? Surprised by Joy. And he's written, you know, I expected many things in the Christian life, but I didn't expect joy. And that's what I'm experiencing in spades. Jesus calls us to give up things that we think are going to give us life, to give them up, and he replaces them with more life. If you want to find life, Jesus says, give your life away. That doesn't make sense, does it? Jesus calls us to things and sometimes to himself and to things that that surprise us. I want to close with this story. You know, I I have a good friend who wasn't a friend at the time, but uh, came to our church on Christmas Eve. First time. Very successful businessman. Owned his own prosthetics company. Very successful. Things were going on in his life and in his marriage. He felt, you know, kind of a, a, a stirring in his heart, felt like he needed something. His wife felt the same thing, no church background. And his wife said, we're going to, we're going to Christmas Eve service. You're coming with me. And he, he told me later, he goes, you know, I was just doing my husband duty. I didn't expect anything. And she called the Episcopalian church down the street and the person answering the phone, the receptionist, for some reason said, you know, you should probably go to the Presbyterian church. (laughs) I don't know why. I've always wanted to find that person and thank her because he became one of the great leaders in our church. And he ended up sitting on hard benches. Our sanctuary was as old as this one packed Christmas Eve, you know how it is, not expecting anything, and Jesus began his work. He began calling him. And he listened. And to his surprise, and to his wife's surprise, he said, we should go back next week. And he came, and he came, and something was ringing true in his heart this message of the gospel, the good news, was compelling. I remember he went up to the men's retreat after a few months, and you know people were trying to give him a ride. It was up near Mount Lassen, and trying to give him a ride. He said, no, that's okay. I, I, I'll, I'll take my own car. He told me later that he took his own car because if something was really weird, he could get out of there. But he went, and... Wow, something happened. Jesus caught him by surprise. Changed his life. Became an elder. Really helped us. Led our capital campaign, our our remodeling of our plant. Just a great leader. Really an amazing guy. Could do anything, I think. Unfortunately, he decided to kind of retire early and move to Hawaii. He wanted to sail, so he bought a sailboat, lived on a golf course, and thought, I'm going to retire. (laughs) Live the good life in Hawaii. And I remember praying, God, I pray that you would find something for him to do that would use his many gifts. You see, 
I believe that God calls all of us to do something. Even when we think we're going to retire. You know, he got involved in this church and really got involved with Compassion International. You know, Compassion International, that uh, nonprofit that that uh, offers people, churches, the opportunity to adopt kids all over the world. Amazing. And God grabs his heart. And instead of golfing and sailing, he really gets involved in this. And he's leading past pastor tours to the slums of Manila to try and get pastors excited about these programs and ends up becoming the director of missions at First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu, Hawaii. God had different plans and Jesus called him. And let me tell you folks, he's full of life. Much more life than if he had been golfing. That's what God does if we're open. God calls us to himself. He calls us to do something. And usually what he calls us to do is surprising and it doesn't make sense. But there's joy and there's life. I'm going to ask you to do something today. I'm going to ask you to start praying. Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? Sometimes it's not as dramatic as these stories. Could be God's calling you to love someone that you've ignored for years or forgive. God may be calling you to take up some leadership in the church. You know, next next fall, as you know, which is only a couple months away, we're starting new ministries. We need people to step up. Maybe God's calling you to lead a small group which is one of the ministries we'll be starting. I don't know what it is, but can you just say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And be open to him speaking and calling. And may you be surprised by joy. Amen. God, I pray that, uh, well, I thank you that you call us still to yourself so we may experience the life that you have for us, the joy that is nothing that the world offers, but what you offer. That you give us something to do to make a difference in this world. God, I pray that uh, we would be open to your call, that we would be responsive And may you use us to make this world a better place, to bring your kingdom to earth. We pray all these things in the power of Jesus Christ, the risen and reigning Lord. Amen.